welcome to Pocket Change. Pocket Change is an offshoot of the Helios Consulting Podcast. During Pocket Change, we interview and discuss different issues and topics that surround change leadership and help sustain and support long-term anchored change. Welcome back to Pocket Change, our quick-paced offshoot of the Helios Podcast. Uh, today, I'd like to welcome one of our consultants, Twyla Risby, who is a change management, change leadership consultant with Helios. Welcome, Twyla. Thank you. I'm excited to do this podcast. One of the things that people don't know is that you and I actually grew up together in the north, in the Yukon, and you still live up in the Yukon right now. I do. You don't want to, and don't want to ruin a good thing. Don't want to ruin a good thing. Not like me, right? Um, so, you know, w- one of the things that we were talking about and that we talk about quite often in our organization is diversity and inclusion. And we also talk a lot about respectful workplace. And we work in some industries. Um, right now, we're working on some fairly large construction and turnaround projects. And one of the areas that we leverage you in on those projects is taking into consideration your history of and background um, where you've come up as a leader. So Twyla, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career and what's gotten you to the point of where you are as a change leadership consultant with Helios? You bet. So for the last about 10 years, I was working in construction and mining, uh, working for a rock crushing plant. I was a supervisor of usually about six people at a time. I spent a lot of the time working in the mines, working with mine management and learning how the mine operates. Um, I spent a lot of time working in safety and uh, first aid and all of that as well. Um, what got me there is I had actually I had actually worked as a insurance broker and I did notice that people just really don't like their insurance brokers. Um, even now, as an ex-insurance broker, I don't particularly like going to my insurance broker. But I was really unhappy in that job. I was really unhappy sitting at my desk and listening to people get angry with me. So at that point, I thought, you know what, I want to change. And so I applied for a heavy equipment operating course. It was $20,000 course. I didn't have $20,000. So I did what research I could, and I found the funding to get me into this um, heavy equipment operating course. Um, when I went to this course, it was really quite intimidating because I walked into this room of 20 or so men, and I was the only girl. And it was really scary for me walking in there like that. But uh, I persevered, and I made new friends, and I learned new skills, and uh Within about a year, uh, there I was working in construction. So um, what I thought would have been the hardest part for me uh, was walking into that room of men. What was actually the hardest part for me was walking into that occupation, that career with just men. So that's kind of where I was for the like, last 10 years. It's, it's hard, right? It's hard being... Uh, a female in business. I mean, it, it's hard being a female in a lot of areas and in industries, but I find that I do quite a bit of work in, in construction, uh, turnarounds, oil and gas out in the field. And I think that there's a lot of misconceptions, right? Um, we see a lot of females who might come through our program who are predominantly safety focused and 
they're not, you know, boots on the ground and, you know, engaging people on the front line every single day and leading people. And so I'm curious to know what some of the biggest hurdles that you had to overcome would have been. Any any real, you know, stories or things that you think about where you really had to struggle uphill in order to really earn your chops in in that industry. Absolutely. And I mean, I wouldn't lie and say that it was easy. It was absolutely the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, I was not the first female to work in that position. Um, Well, I was the first female female to be a supervisor, but I was not the first female to be hired on a crusher. Uh, There was one before me. However, she, because she was a female, was kind of um, banished to the tower. You know, she sat in the tower. She ran the tower all day. She pushed the buttons. Um, And then she ended up becoming the camp cook, which is, you know, a a lot of times in my career, when people would hear me on the radio, people that didn't work with us, they would think that I was the camp cook. They would think that I was strictly the pilot car driver. Um, Uh They never assumed that I was the one behind the wheel of the truck. You know, um, they never assumed that I was the one in charge. Uh, so it was really hard to get over that. And I kind of had to put my pride away, you know, and I had to understand that, you know, a lot of these people, they just don't understand, you know, and going into that job, uh, there were so many struggles. I mean, when I first got there, there was, there was so many guys that just wanted to see me fail. They would go out of their way to do things to try and get me to leave. You know, they was, they were, it was almost a game to some of these guys to see how long it could be before I just quit and ran away in tears. But in my first season alone, uh, we worked almost all year. We worked uh, from, I think, April to mid-December in Beaver Creek, which is way up north. And it's very, very cold. And we were working at times in minus 50 weather outside. And in that season alone, I watched four male coworkers up and quit their job because they just, they, they couldn't do it anymore. They've had enough. And I was still there. You know, so I think that that was kind of the starting point where people were like, geez, you know, this girl's just not going to quit. Like, she's really not going to give up. And I mean, I've had I've had guys say literally to my face, why don't you stay home and have babies and be a mother? Which I found really offensive because, you know, a like not all women want to be mothers. Not all women can be mothers, you know, mm-hmm. like it's really unfair for for men to just assume that that's what women should do. So it was a really big struggle for me every single day going into work and trying to remind myself that you can do this and you just need to jump over those hurdles. Um, And it took a couple of years, honestly, like it took a couple of years before I found that these people started to understand that, Hey, this girl's not going to give up. She's here for the long haul. And they've even said that I've heard them say, well, I guess you're here for the long haul, you know? Yeah, (laughs) you're right. I am. So when you think about that in creating the um, respectful opportunity and having that respect from colleagues, whether or not it was, you know, forced respect through ranks and hierarchy or um, whether it was because you earned that respect because you just weren't going to quit and you weren't going to walk away. What are some of the pivotal things that you found that you had to either change within yourself in order to work with and accommodate the thinking process of others or how did you help the organization change to realize that it is okay for a woman to be in that type of a business or that type of uh, industry? Well, you know, um, 
something I had to change about myself was that as women, we are inherently thinkers. We're inherently overthinkers. We're um, in a lot of cases, we're people pleasers. We society has molded us to want to be able to uh, please. You know, mm-hmm. um, we think we're very emotional creatures in general. Uh, so one thing that I had to make sure I changed about myself because. Apart from being a woman, as a human being, I am an emotional person. I just, it's part of who I am. Um, So I had to learn how to put that aside. Because as men, men can fight throughout the day. They can get into a fist fight and at the end of the day, shake hands and be friends again. Whereas me, if I get into an argument with somebody, I'm thinking about that argument for days. You know, (laughs) And that was a part of me that I kind of had to let go of. I had to let go of that stubbornness and that pride that I have. And... So you know what, I have to kind of start thinking a little less like I normally would and start thinking that these guys don't have the same mind as me. So if they're angry with me and I get angry with them, fine, but we've got to let that go. And so once I started realizing that, things started getting easier for me. Like once I stopped holding on to that, those grudges, you know, things started to roll a little bit easier for me. As for the company itself, I think, um, I mean, the company hired me, I have to say. The company was a wonderful company, great family. Um, But it was new for them. And I I don't know if they honestly thought that it was going to work. I think it was more like a trial thing when they first hired me. But I think after the past 10 years of my work there, I think they started to see that, hey, you know, this could work. We could have females working with males, you know. I don't know since I left if there's any females working there now, but I do think that their their company mindset has been changed as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember you had told me a story once about it was a safety related story about a broken piece of equipment, and the the night crew I think had been kind of messing around with you a little bit, just in terms yeah. of like trying to recommission it, right? And you know, I think about those kinds of things where we're actually seeing um, a lack of respect that ultimately can lead to an injury or possibly even a fatality, depending on what what you would see. How how did you handle that? Maybe maybe you can talk a little bit about what that story was and 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 talk about how you handled that and moved that forward to help create that cultural change. Right. So there was a lot of bullying. Um, even right up until my very last day there, there was a lot of bullying. There's always going to be um, that in a in a workplace where they don't, most people don't have a certain respect for, for you. So um, what had happened is there was a power tool that was broken. And uh, I had noticed that it was broken. I had mentioned it to the night shift, like, why did you put this tool back in the tool crib when it's clearly broken? Uh, the next day I came in and... It was welded back together. I mean, you can't weld a power tool back together and expect that it's going to work forever. Um, So I said, fine. You know, in my mind, I just said, fine. You know, if they think that's going to work, fine. And then sure enough, within a day or two, it broke again in the same spot. So I had thrown it out. Um, When I came in the next day, the power tool was out of the garbage and welded again so I just took it and I I put a tag out on it you know do not use you know my signature uh when I came back 
the tag out was taken off. Um, it was wrapped in a box in paper towel and caution tape with a sign that said Merry Christmas Twyla on it, you know. And it was it was an immature little joke, but it meant more. You know, like it was an immature, trivial little joke, but the fact that it was such a disrespectful thing, not only disrespectful, but illegal to take that tag out off of that power tool. You know, it was, so I did bring it up with um, our safety coordinator at, uh, at the head office there. And I brought it up with them. Unfortunately, nothing was done about that. So, yeah, nothing was done about that. So, Oh, absolutely. And I think especially when it's, you know, it's a joke to someone else, but the health and well-being of you going home with 10 fingers, 10 toes, all your teeth, both eyes working was not a concern to the people right. that you were working with. And so, I mean, that's a really um, extensive example of what some people uh, go through in terms of you know, respect in the work site. And, you know, I know that this organization that you were working for had an individual who was an unbelievable human being who unfortunately, uh, very unfortunately passed away as a result of a motor vehicle accident. And he was, I think, from all things that you've told me, kind of the backbone of where that respect and that, that safety for people came in. And I mean, psychological safety, physical safety, the, the being of somebody who's there who holds people accountable. And Absolutely. You know, and I think that is um, one of the things is that when we have really strong leadership who are who's willing to participate and support and engage and hold people accountable, that's where you find respect within the workforce. Um, You know, and I know that with that particular individual, you had a very strong bond and relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Right. And and so maybe talk a little bit about how that relationship influenced, you know, kind of the bulk of your career that led you to staying there for 10 years. But then, you know, the the loss created that chasm. Right. So he was, uh, he was a wonderful person. You know, he was very fair and funny and he treated his employees like family. And I think that was one of the reasons why a lot of people stayed longer than they wanted to. Um, but he was an ally. You know, he was an ally to me. Um, I had a few of those, like I, I'm telling all these horror stories, but I did have quite a few friends and allies in, in the company, but he was the main one. Um, and he did take things seriously. So if I went to him with with that particular safety concern, you know, he would have immediately rectified it, you know. And so he had a lot of respect and he he kind of put aside the fact that I was different than the rest of the crew in the sense that I'm a woman. Um, and he saw me as an equal to the rest of the crew, you know, so um, there was that that deep respect and that uh, leadership quality of him that really just there were days in a lot in the t- in those ten years that I was just like, no, I've had enough, I'm done. But then I was like, I don't want to let him down, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to show him that yeah. I can do that. He gave me this job. He he spent time and money on me. He's put me through all these courses. He's taught me all these skills. I want to do this for him, you know. After he was gone, of course, that left a bit of a void within the whole company. Everybody was feeling that loss. Um, so I think things just kind of got muddled, you know, the people scrambling around to try and because he was, I, I feel that like he was the glue that held the, the company together. And with that glue gone, people are just kind of struggling to keep everything together. And, 
things got lost in translation, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, well, horror stories aside, um, when, I, when I had a crew that we all got along, um, we all respected each other, uh, we all had fun, you know, when we had fun at work, when we could get on the radio and laugh and make jokes and just have an all-around good time, that's when we noticed that, hey, you know, production is up, uh, morale is up, you know, you actually look forward to going to work. When everybody is respecting each other, you know, regardless of your differences, everything comes together and everybody works so well together. As soon as you put one extra person into that into that space that doesn't have that same respect, that's when you notice that things start to weaken and fall apart. So it's very important that, you know, you take the time to respect your coworkers. You don't have to like somebody to respect them. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be their friend to be respectful of them. Um, but as soon as you can put those differences aside, whether you, it's your gender or your race or your age or your affiliations, like it doesn't, you know, those things should not matter. You should be able to respect each other. And once you do, once you have that uh, synergy between your crew, things just get done so well. So it's, yeah. it's very yeah. important, I think, in in any workplace to have that because if you don't respect each other there's just going to be fighting and morale is going to be low and people are going to want to leave and things aren't going to get done and they're definitely not going to get done safely. A hundred percent I agree and so if you were to leave our listeners with one suggestion on the best way to create a respectful um, psychologically safe work environment um, from your perspective what would that be? Put yourself in their shoes. If you're working with someone that you don't quite understand or that you don't, um, you know, if if there's something about them that you are unfamiliar with or something about them that makes you feel uncomfortable, put yourself in their shoes or take the time to get to know that person and um, learn what commonalities you have and just try and respect them all around as a human being because that's what they are ultimately, right? Mm -hmm. Empathy. That's powerful. Empathy. Absolutely. Yeah. It's powerful. Empathy and respect go hand in hand. They do. Absolutely. I think if you, if you, if you can be an empathetic individual, um, respect just comes naturally because you Mm -hmm. are, you're able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and you are able to really drive a relationship regardless. And and I love what you said about um, not needing to respect some or not needing to like someone to respect them. And we talk about that quite often when we do our resilient leader program. We do. We say that it is okay. We invite conflict. Conflict should be a normal part of doing business and having relationships. It's how you choose to act, right? It's that emotional regulation. And it's that, um, you know, our equation is E plus R equals O. So the event plus your reaction equals the outcome and so when you think about those things and you think man if i said this to somebody uh how would they feel or if you say hmm if 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 twyla was my sister and i watched these guys talking to her or putting unsafe equipment in there or snipping a tag off what would that do if that was my mom right Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and i have to say like coming to helios after after working in that career, it was kind of, I was a bit unhinged because I went from working with these, you know, gruff 
individuals who, you know, their idea of complimenting you is insulting you to your face to coming <laughs> yeah. to Helios and watching our team in our meetings and everybody is so respectful and gets along and says nice things and gives snaps and it's just kind of refreshing to have that you know different perspective on how things work in different places you know so it is and you know it's one of those things that we work really hard not to take for granted because I think each of us has had experiences where you know we've not been respected where we haven't been treated well I mean you know I was actually fired from a job for being pregnant they mm -hmm. put it in writing on letterhead, color letterhead. Hey, the job we hired you for is a permanent full-time position. You want to take maternity leave? Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to keep you here. Wow. Nice. Right? I mean, that's crazy. And 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 it, it's it's damaging. Like those things, you carry those scars with you as you as you move through your career. And you know, I guess for me, when I think about this, I think of young leaders on the come up. And those young leaders on the come up, when you're driving to be recognized and to be acknowledged um take the time and get to know people twilight i think your your advice is very sound and very sage have empathy put yourself in somebody else's shoes and think about it if you want morale if you want productivity if you want people to be um part of a galvanized team it is be be somebody that you would follow right yeah and i think that's that's fantastic yeah any final thoughts for our listeners? Regardless of the horror stories, don't not try just because you might be different and you might feel like you won't be respected because while there may be a struggle, eventually you're going to you're going to earn that respect that you deserve. So don't not try. I've always I'm said that if um, a young girl came to me and wanted said she wanted to be in the construction industry, I would warn her of the struggles, but I would also tell her, don't not try like you have to put yourself out there because nothing is going to change if you don't try absolutely fantastic well thank you so much if any of our listeners are interested in getting in touch with twyla to learn more about how to go about having a respectful workplace if you're interested as a female who wants to get into industry and you have questions reach out a call doesn't cost a thing Twyla, thank you so much for your time and for joining us today. I look forward to having you on future podcasts. Thank you. Thank you.